Welcome to the Lorax. This is a podcast where usually we take a uh, sci-fi, fantasy, or fictional setting and critically analyze it through, you know, the stuff. But uh, this week we're going to do something a little bit different because sometimes um, uh, Khalil and I just like to talk about something we enjoy. Uh, So we'd like to bring you along on what usually would be us chatting shit on a on a train journey up to 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 doing martial arts in Nottingham. and really just, you know, sit down, relax, and while we talk about one of our favourite films and, I guess, kind of settings as well. And, you know, of course we're going to problematise it a little bit. Yeah. But, you know. We don't want to pretend that we've done the research. (laughs) Yeah, this is a a laziness disclaimer. (laughs) Um, Life has been busy, um, and so we're going to... We're just going to have a nice chat. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the so, so poorly named from a marketing perspective, Dread 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does have 3Ds in the name. It. Wow, yeah. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> I don't think they did either. I, it, I don't think they did either. So, um, otherwise known as just Dread. Yeah. Uh, Dread is the latest in the... Oh, the latest cinematic outing for Judge Dread, um, who's a, a classic British comic book... Uh, anti-hero, mm. basically, um, born out of the late seventies and early eighties wave of punk British uh, comics and science fiction. So we're talking Watchmen, we're talking Judge Dredd, we're talking uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Yeah. Uh, we're talking another thing that has slipped my mind. <laughs> um, you may have heard us talk about Judge Dredd in the Warhammer episodes. Yeah, well, so you now we're returning the favour. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it, he's in a main character in the comic book 2000 AD, which we are overrunning, humanity-wise now. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, <laughs> in some ways we're in front, in some ways we're behind. Yeah. Um, Judge Dredd is an anti-hero. He's not a hero. He is a an authoritarian, pretty fascist cop. Yeah. Um, in a uh, in a in a in a a permanent riot suit, and 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 his brain is in a permanent riot yeah. suit. Um, and the setting somewhat gives a bit of a justification for the authoritarian policing. It's this uh, post Third World War, yeah, uh, kind of environment where humanity is trying to rebuild itself out of the rubble. I think it's a it's a, it's enormous. City comprised of the entirety of the U.S. Eastern Seaboard, or yes, something like that. Yes, Mega City One. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's the entire Eastern Seaboard of the U.S. And it's uh, you know all, it, beyond its boundaries is uh, irradiated wasteland full mm. of mutants. And just like we were talking about with Edge Runners in the last episode, corruption, crime, uh, inequality, uh, poverty, violence, mm. drugs, but also in that very at least in the the original setting in the 90s kind of comic book stuff in that very sort of like uh, hair metal kind of yes. <laughs> dystopia way. Yeah, where it's lots all... of cool like Mohicans and leather jackets and yeah. like lots of punk aesthetic, which, you know, relates to its, its origin stories. And actually yeah. there's a really good documentary about 2000 AD comics and the, the kind of the, the birth and life and, mm. uh, and decline of, of, of that 
kind of uh, it, that that era of yeah. British punk comic. I think there's there's something to be said in a in a uh, a much more intellectual <laughs> episode and or indeed podcast and hours <laughs> about the fact that you know these dread came from an era of and instead of you know all the other things we mentioned from an era of going oh we live in don't we live in a horrible sort of situation this you know the Thatcher Reagan kind of era what if it continued like this uh but it was just mad and mental and we like took the piss out of it as much as possible um and everything was was brightly colored and you know we had mohawks and motorbikes and things uh and you contrast that with the dystopian sci-fi settings created in the early 2000s uh, going on now where mostly everything's just bad like no one's no one's really wants no one really wants to like uh, critique it in that way anymore. Everyone's <laughs> just like, "What if this?" But it was really bad, and it just kept being bad. Yeah, and and I think that's. I mean, is that a is that a post nine eleven thing? Is that a post? That's a good point. Uh, financial mate. crash thing. Yeah, you're right. Because um, yeah, post nine eleven world looks at the future very differently. Yeah. Um, although you know uh, this, you know. 2000 AD comics and, and Judge Dredd and Mega City One was all born during the Cold War. True. Um, so you know the 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 world trying to rebuild itself after a nuclear war hmm. was on people's minds. That's true. There may, there may be listeners uh, who uh, might think you know are oh, these two guys these two millennials don't know what it was like living during like the Cold War. We were always. I remember my mum talking about this and like I'm like always on just always having that background ra- not radiation what a poor choice of words that background noise of like yeah. you know that threat I mean my mum uh, taught herself how to raise kill and skin and gut an animal she taught herself how to like build shelters and like my mum was not quite full prepper but like <laughs> she had a bunker in the background Jason <laughs> Yeah, gas mask rehearsals every every second day. Oh, just um, while I remember, the documentary about 2080 comics is called Future Shock, if you want to check it out. Very cool, very cool. Um, but we should probably get into <laughs> we talk about the, the film. film we're we talking about. We've been talking, talking about 2080, we've been talking about Mega City 1, we've been talking we've about got the, the context. We've got the context. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I remember going to see this film um, with my good friend Ben, who doesn't listen to the podcast because um, he's a bad friend. Um... Uh, going to see it when I was at university uh, because I knew I hadn't I'd read a couple of um, Judge Dredd comics when I was too young to have read them and I knew roughly what it was and I'd seen bits of the Stallone movie and I remember like sitting down and very few films have done this to me Dredd was one uh, the other one is Mad Max um, Fury Road I remember sat in the sat in the cinema watching and being like pressed into the back of my chair with like just how I was like Oh my god! It like, is one of my. I'm not going to say one of my greatest regrets because um, I have a lot, but <laughs> but but it's. Uh, I do regret not catching this in the cinema. Mm. Um, it you know it's it's a great film even on your TV, um, but it would have been amazing in in, in cinema. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, it was originally meant to be made in 2D, and then apparently the studio was really pressuring the director to make it in 3D because 3D's big now. Yeah, 3D's yeah, what yeah. the kids want. And ironically, it was 3D that like scuppered it, really. Well, but but 
scuppered what? As in the film, because people didn't really they didn't really know what the film was because that th- dread 3D was kind of like a yeah you know like yeah, a, like, kind of like a Jaws 3D kind of they thing. They overcooked you know? the marketing of it, but but what what I was getting to was when the studio insisted on it having 3D elements, the director was like, all right, if I'm gonna have to make this shit 3D, I'm gonna make the 3D worth it. Mm. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make moments that really sell and really give it what it's what it deserves. Yeah. And there are moments, um, particularly, you know, when people are being thrown off buildings or taking like cool psychedelic drugs and stuff, that I can tell watching 2D would have been incredible in 3D. Yeah, or the the scene when they like breach a breach a room. Uh, oh yeah, and they're yeah, shooting yeah, yeah. everyone. Yeah, there's I was, lots of cool slow mo and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I came to the film having been a bit of a fan of Judge Dredd for a while. Um, having read quite a lot of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, there's a really great storyline called The Art of Kenny Who, which is about a, uh, a comic artist in Mega City One who is satirizing the judges right. with his comics, and he gets put on trial. Um, and it's 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 very meta. Yeah. It's uh, you know comic artists satirizing cops, satirizing yeah, yeah. comic artists satirizing cops. Um, I have not seen the Sylvester Stallone one, um, and uh, it's mainly. I, I mean, I probably should watch it at some point, but I have kind of an ideological opposition to anything that lets you see Judge Dredd's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. Um, which was an insistence of Sylvester Stallone in being in the film. He was like, "They got to see my face." Um, he insisted that they had to see his face. Oh, yeah, and apparently that was an insistence of Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Uh, he 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 wanted to get his mug in the film. Yeah, but yeah. So I, for me, this is the Dread film. Yeah, and and Dread uh, played by the wonderful Carl Urban. Uh, <sighs> what a jaw! The yeah, a permanent scowl the entire as it should be. Right, just uh, like underbite. I don't jaw. know. I don't know how he didn't like cramp up his jaw doing that the entire <laughs> film. But it's it's Carl, beautiful. We salute you. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, we should probably talk about the plot. All right. So, Mega City One, this giant city. Uh, the the opening kind of scene gives you a kind of voiceover of Mega City One and describes the judges who are this police force, um, but they are judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. Um, they respond to crimes. They investigate things. They summarily they, they have the power to summarily execute or to you know give out sentences as they as they wish. Uh, they have all sorts of high tech crime fighting gear. Mm. Well, mostly guns and motorbikes. Yeah, a pistol that has like five, five or six different types of ammunition. Yeah, um, but basically they are kind of yeah hardcore kind of fashy riot cops. Mm-hmm. And Judge Dredd is the judge's judge. Yeah. He is not the most senior, but he is a legendarily renowned um, hard psychopath um, <laughs> who is has this fanatical devotion to the rules, the law, the letter of it. Mm. His catchphrase is even, I am the law. Yeah. So there's a new drug that's been hitting Mega City One called Slow Mo. And I'll be honest, listener... It looks really fun. Um, so you kind of you, you it's take like an it, asthma inhaler. Yeah, you basically. take it to like an asthma inhaler. Yeah. But it, 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 according to the the film, it makes everything go into this kind of 
slow, really, really slow motion, but very sparkly mm. and glittery. And the key thing is, is that you're not moving at normal speed as well either. It's just everything. Yeah, slows this is down not the you. Sunder Vista. Yeah, yeah. This is just everything slows down. Everything gets all pretty and sparkly, and the music goes all Brian Eno, and ah. Uh, or as some, I th- someone invent it or and as allegedly I... mail me some. <laughs> or as I think, Bobby, we... if you're listening, I don't do drugs. <laughs> or I think that as we discussed before, the music sounds like those YouTube videos where they've slowed down Justin Bieber by eight hundred thousand yes. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Dredd is sent to investigate a supposed. Um, well, in fact, he's actually just chasing down some guys on the side of the street, isn't he? Yes, and he he he. he they are on slow mo. Mm. You know, they're these kind of low level gangsters. Uh, in a, in I think a VW combi, yeah, uh, kind of shooting out the window at him, um, and obviously he badassly but viciously uh, crashes their van, which kills I think a couple of bystanders, and then he chases the last one down and explodes his head. Yeah. Um, but then back at the 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 hall of judges, hall of justice, or uh, which is the yeah. the kind of the the, the, the cop shop. Um, he is brought in to be a kind of uh, an assessing officer, a kind of mentor mm-hmm. to a new rookie judge who actually has failed a couple of the tests, but they're yeah. keeping her in because she's a mutant, but not one of the scary tentacly mutants. She's blonde. She's a <laughs> super fine female human being who is psychic. Mm. Um, this is Judge Anderson, who is a major character in the comics. Yeah. Um, and kind of plays in this role uh, when actually still a rookie plays a bit of the kind of foil to uh, Dredd's kind of uh, by the book kind of fascistic kind of authoritarianism yeah she's she's almost the conscience yeah and the the like the deer in headlights kind of thing as well someone who has that uh um that naivete of, and uh, like, you know, I say this a lot, there's two kinds of cops, right? There's cops who do it for the power trip, there's cops who do it because they've got a hero complex. Mm-hmm. And she, it seems to be it seems to be a character who has a hero complex, right? Um, played by Olivia Thirlby. I was just looking it up to give her her props. A um, great actress, by the way. Yeah. Uh, amazing performance. Mm. So, uh, one of the big things I love about this film is because the whole plot is, is kicked off because Dredd says... You know where do you want to go, rookie? Because at any one time in Mega City One, there's like way too many crimes yeah. for them to respond to, so they have to pick one and yeah. just go to it. She picks, she, and she picks one at random in a in a mega mega block called Peach Trees. Yeah, um, and you know it's just like uh, a lot of you know the kind of big projects, uh, housing projects in America and stuff like that. Um, this mega block is euphemistically named after something really sweet and mm. lovely, um, yeah. when actually it's a giant repository of people yeah um they're like a mile high or thereabouts yeah there, yeah uh it's it's you know mass housing that ha- doesn't get looked after at all by the government and so uh the people there are kind of neglected by society yeah i mean i think like to visualize i think of like an apartment block that's as high as the Burj Khalifa, basically yeah and um, and as wide you know as like a a whole city kind of block yeah um with its own you know square in the middle yeah uh, I think they're called there and uh, because they the leader of the gang in in Peachtree is called Mama mm-hmm. more more Mama, Mama. Uh, played by Lena Hed- Hedy. 
Yeah. Um, Cersei from Game of Thrones. Cersei from Game of Thrones uh, had thrown some of her business associates from the top floor. Some business associates who'd fallen out of favour. Yeah. Who also fell out of a window. (laughs) Yeah, fell off the top floor and uh, injected them with slow-mo before they went. Uh Ah, injected them with slow-mo, flayed them. Flayed them. And then chucked them off the balcony. (laughs) balcony. Um, So so Judge Anderson and Judge Dredd arrive at Peachtree's and they find a bunch of jam... Uh, under the floor, yeah. uh, they find the, the splattered remains of these of these gangsters, mm. um, and they start kind of you know uh, investigating it a little bit. They realise that there's inhaler burns around the lips, so there's slow mo, um, but there's, they've been flayed, so it must be kind of a, a message. Mm. And so they start to you know do a little bit of cop work, yeah, and follow the leads. And that spooks Mama. Yes, because. Um, Spoiler alert. Um, more, more. Mama. <laughs> we got to so, we got to figure out a way to she, say. She's it. mama. She's mama. It's the, yeah, I mama. Mean, it's clan. just said with a bit of an accent. Yeah, yeah. Mama and the Mama clan who run peach trees have actually been manufacturing all of the slow mo that's been coming into Mega City One. So they're they're the origin of this new drug. Yeah. And they cannot have the judges. Discovering this and upsetting it. Yeah, it's like accidentally wandering into Medellin, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but if you did, if no we, one knew, if no one that knew that was that where was, cocaine yeah. came from. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and so you know, she mobilizes the entire paramilitary might of her gang that runs this entire block, um, and also locks down. You know, the entire building uh, yeah. overrides the security protocols, locks everyone in their flats. It's made very clear that she has absolutely zero care for any of the civilians mm. in uh, in peach trees. Now, you might be thinking, listening to this, hang on, that sounds a lot like the raid. <laughs> um, and interesting fact. Dread and the Raid were made simultaneously with no uh, interconnection between them. And released in the same year. Yeah. Weird. But yes, they're both are, great films. They're both incredible films in, in their own genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, of, yeah, a, a, a cop going into a tower block uh, that is you know run by a gang and against them. They are the same film, and they are both excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Watch both. Yeah. You know, if I had a nickel for two great films about cops fighting their way out of apartment blocks, I'd have two nickels, <laughs> which is weird, but it's happened twice. Um, yeah. So yeah, Mama like. Uh, Mobilizes her entire gang, but not just her entire gang as well. As um, as Dredd and Anderson make their way up through Peach Trees, um, Anderson lo- learning slowly but surely of the the brutal and violent existence of a uh, of a uh, a cop in Mega City One. Momo also calls in some uh, some corrupt cops as well. Yes, because uh, just like everything else in Mega City One, judges can be bought. Yeah, not Dread. No. Um, but. Yeah, you see a kind of um, a kind of uh, quite quite a nice kind of tense interplay between these judges and mm. and the kind of the the kind of realism and kind of pragmatism of these corrupt judges who are like, we can't fix this city. This job's going to kill us. Let's make some money on the way out. Mm. And then Dred's idealistic, kind of dogmatic adherence to the law yeah. and his oaths and, and his duties he's yeah. definitely a paladin um, <laughs> complete inflexibility yeah and um, and Judge Anderson being 
kind of somewhere in between. Um, she starts off almost as idealistic as uh, as Dread, but in a very different way, mm. believing in the good that she can do. Yeah. Um, then realizes that actually there are, there are massive limits to the good that she can do, and it comes with strings attached. And she learns that she needs to sometimes be hard and brutal and and cruel. Um, she learns a lesson that you know lots of well judges in Mega City One, but also cops in the real world learn that you know you can't just wander into some neighborhoods in your uniform and yeah, expect just people smiling and waving a badge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so. Yeah, Anderson has a really, really cool arc over the over the, the course of the film. Um, she ends up being pretty badass. Develops her, her latent psychic abilities, uses them to interrogate people. Um, uh, when the when the crooked cops arrive, like the she has that. I like there's a, a beautiful reversal of the trope where one of the the crooked judges approaches Anderson. And it's just like, hey, rookie, come with me. And then Anderson just shoots her immediately because she's psychic. She just, so she knows that she's a, like straight away that she's uh, uh, crooked, which I think is a great little sequence. But Yeah. And, and um, you can always tell Anderson because she doesn't wear a helmet. Yeah. Um, it interferes with her psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. Although in the words of Dread, I think a bullet might interfere more. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. But when the crooked judges turn up, there is this really interesting facelessness to all of them because... They're all wearing the same thing. They've yeah. got these big helmets. You can only see the mouth with judges' helmets. Yeah. So you've got this. You've got the the jaw, the mouth, and the 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 shape of the body and the voice to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Anderson and Dread fight their way up this building. They get in and out of all sorts of scrapes. Um, a lot of civilians die. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of collateral damage. Yes, and also there's a there's a real blurred line between civilians and combatants because mm. um, in a in a captive captive community um, who have been told explicitly by Mama, no one is leaving this building until those judges are dead. Yeah. Then uh, and you know, and, and in a in a, a captive community, even when it's not shut down, but a community that doesn't really have much support from the outside or from government or much opportunity, then often the 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 often the the greatest kind of avenue of opportunity is the the, the successful gang that runs your entire building. Yeah, it's a great business. Yeah, uh, you might be might be wondering why don't they call for backup, and it's because the blast shields and the uh, the apartment block, which are designed to withstand nuclear blasts, block their radio communications. Um, and they they call the crooked cops in for those wandering because they have control over the ability for the uh, the block to call for help and maintenance and things like that. Yeah. So eventually they fight their way to the top. They encounter Mama. Mm. Um, Mama has predicted that something like this might happen, and so has rigged a heart monitor to her heart and to a bunch of explosives that uh, are enough to take out the entire building. So, Dread shoots her to kind of incapacitate her, yeah, and then uh, gives her a taste of her own medicine, mm. both literally and figuratively. Hits her with slow mo, um, and he takes what I think was a real fucking gamble, <laughs> um, because I, 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 it's the range on the uh, yeah. The so, so he basically he gambles that the the transmitter on her heart monitor doesn't have the range to penetrate through 
every floor mm. of the building. So if he throws her off and she dies at the bottom, then it won't set off the explosives that are definitely, yeah. you know, the receiver is at the top. And there's a great little bit at the end when he throws her off, uh, when they say, oh, it's like 300 stories or something like that. And then she hits the floor and then it comes back up to Dredd who sort of stood there waiting and he just sort of cocks his head and goes, hmm. <laughs> As if he's just like, oh, okay, so it did work. Like, Yeah. Um, it's inter- Yeah, it's interesting that he's willing to gamble his life and the lives of everyone in that building to take out a you know a, a significant crime boss. That's the which law. Is, yeah, that's it's cop logic. That's the, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then there's a there's a, as the you know that very action film sun rising thing. The blast shields open up. Dr- uh, dr- excuse me. Judge reinforcements arrive. The commissioner's there. Um, and she's like, what happened? And Dred's like, drug bust gone wrong. <laughs> and then he, they walk off and it's just uh, just another day in Mega City 1. That's what I love about the ending as well, because it's just like all this that happened, all this like violence and tragedy and, and uh, excitement, it's just like, that's just... And then on to the next one now for, for Judge Dredd and the newly... Uh, the newly... Um, what's the word? Qualified? Newly qualified Judge Anderson. Yeah, I, who thinks who thinks she's failed because she let someone take her weapon like in the first like twenty minutes. And and we do get a nice moment of um of dread actually bending a rule slightly. Yeah. Um, because technically she should have failed. Mm. Um, but he gives her a pass because of her gumption. Yeah, that, that's a really good point about it. Really showing at the end that like this is this was not a special adventure for Judge Dredd. Yeah. Or Judge Anderson going in the future. Mm. Um. This is is their job. Yeah, it sort of zooms away, or on, 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 sort of gives a bird's eye view of like peach trees, and then it's like, oh, this is one of twenty, and then fifty, and then a hundred, like likewise mm. blocks in the city with these blinking lights of crime. Um, and yeah, credits roll, and I fucking love this film. <laughs> I like. It is just like the raid. It is beautiful in its simplicity. Yeah, it it does one thing very very well um and it really evokes the world mm-hmm. and uh, those slow-mo scenes and and the uh, just the way that it's portrayed so beautiful yeah and just also um, i mean we've already done it at the, at the top but carl urban just powering his way through this film uh yeah. not 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 to say that the other the supporting cast aren't great because they are but just this is what this striding through is ever man who's born to play judge dread like who who must have practiced scowling in the mirror for six months to get get that down. <laughs> well, apparently Carl Urban is a big Judge Dredd fan. Ah, um, and he was really excited to play the role, and he wanted to do a sequel. Yes, he's um, been trying to greenlight a TV show for a yes, while. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if there's any way we can help, Carl, I know you listen. <laughs> Call us. <laughs> Call us, Carl. Come on, just return reach out. my calls. Yeah. <laughs> reach out. Reach out. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. I would. If I'm going to level one criticism sure. at the film, as well as okay, two criticisms. Mm-hmm. First, the first one is the kind of ideological criticism, um, and this, and I think this, this does, it suffers a little bit from Warhammer 40k syndrome, mm-hmm. in that because it is so far removed in time from from when the idea of this world and character were created, yeah. it has lost a lot of the open satire. Yeah, yeah. So if you're watching it and you maybe 
don't have the best opinion of uh, you know conventional law enforcement systems, then you are you'll be watching it in through the eyes of you know the original approach to Judge Dredd. Yeah. But if you watch this and you love cops, um, this could be a sick movie about someone doling out some justice. That's true. That's very true. I think the film does a li- only a little bits, right, to to give you this idea of this uh, reckless reckless pursuit of the law, uh, and the this like to the nth degree kind of thing, like the uh, the opening sequence, dread shooting a person who's holding someone hostage with an explosive bullet um, because he sentences him to death for uh, for killing civilians and endangering a, uh, a judge. Oh, um, the irony. <laughs> um, Pointing at a beggar and and making saying that they have to go to the ISO cubes for six months because of their because they're begging despite the fact they <laughs> how they're going to get there you know this kind of stuff um, but yeah I, I think that's a very good point and also uh, even even more so than the raid which I think is a li- at least a, well it's not it's a, it's a contemporary film the raid right mm-hmm. and you can't you shouldn't really compare but um, the raid sort of in dread a lot of poor people die yeah. And not a lot gets said about that, really. Yeah, They're, like m- almost everyone is considered disposable. Yeah, um, these people which, who you know, grab... suits the setting. Yeah, and yeah, as we were talking about in Edge Runners, you know, it, it is part of this kind of grim, hyper-violent future. Wow. People who are who are forced into. I mean, like in the real world, who are forced into being in gangs because of the situation they're in, grabbing an AK-47 or a rusty pistol and running out into a hallway to be gunned down by a, a better armed, better equipped, like law enforcement agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like. <sighs> yeah, there are. That is a that's a really good point. Um, and the raid does go to effort to, uh, to, to kind of not do that so much. It, yeah. The, you know, the. The, the people who live in the block in the raid are, are much more humanised. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They have, you know, more human interactions. There is that one moment in Dread um, where there's that woman who they uh, the they trick into letting him into their house, yeah. into her house, and it turns out that, you know, her husband, father of her child, is out there and stuff. But still, basically, they, they spike up her. Yeah. They, you know, they, they manipulate her into doing what they want. Yeah. Um... Objection the second, or criticism the second, um, is the exposition cleric. Um, so there is a nurse character um, who oh, runs yeah. the, the medical facility yes. in Peach Trees. And you could cut out every single bit with him in it, and the film would work the exact same. It would yeah. be completely fine. What he does is he occasionally either shows up or... Uh, Dredd and Anderson will will go to where he is, and he will explain what life in peach trees is. He will explain an aspect of like life in peach trees. Yeah. To he almost staring directly down the barrel of the camera, <laughs> being like, "So, in case you weren't following, yeah, this happened and this happened and and this you know this is the background." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can, and it feels a, a little shoehorned. I think you. I think that's that. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. But it's that kind of like you got to have it for people who. For, for the people at back. Are you in the back? Yeah. yeah. For people at <laughs> the back. Um, yeah. I, I. You know. It. I'm not saying it is inherently bad. It just wasn't for me. I think. Um, I. I'm, this is a minor what thing for me, but uh, I think just because I like the character so much, they could have done more with Mama. Yeah. Um. She's sort of depicted as a psychopathic, penis biting off um, woman, but 
don't, don't never really go much further with the idea of, of a woman who has the drive and ambition to lead a gang that is supplying drugs to an entire like yeah she does she, have one character trait and it, that is like psycho yeah yeah it's you know but because it's Lena Headey and she plays it so she extremely compellingly for what is a yes. character with like one dimension basically yeah there are a bunch of great performances uh, mm. in this film and I actually honestly I think the kind of um, exaggerated kind of um, well, she, she, caricatured character yeah it hits that comic book kind of thing exactly yeah um, okay. criticism the two and a half <laughs> or like and until we just talked about it earlier yeah I really wasn't... I didn't get why he was so comfortable just throwing her off the building and he was so certain that the transmitter... Because what if the receiver was at the bottom? And then, through talking it out with you just earlier, mm. that is when I processed it and realised, actually, no, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's He is actively willing to sacrifice the entire building and him and Anderson to get Marma because that's his job. Yeah. So... Retracted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's a good film. Should make a TV show. Why haven't, it, why, haven't, why haven't Amazon or Netflix or someone picked up, just give Carl Urban some money? Right. Just make, let him, just at least one season. Just, <sighs> like, yeah, the film didn't hit, didn't get its box, didn't, its box office didn't match its budget, but that's not exactly its fault. You know? Yeah. It, you know, People were getting tired of 3D by this point. Yeah. And you called it Dread 3D, not just Dread. Yeah. It's very... It sounds very theme park. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. They should have just, like, made the 3Ds in the word Dread <laughs> massive. <laughs> but that would have looked so They're strange. Like, D! D, D, D. D, A. D, D! <laughs> Sorry, it's not D, R, yeah. It's D, R, E, D, D. People might think it's, like, a Nintendo thing, then. Because of Pourquoi? King DDD. <laughs> no, that's a joke that one person will get in the audience. So, <laughs> hey, hey there. Congratulations. I hope you feel seen. Uh, yeah, that's Dread. Love Dread. Watch Dread. Watch The Raid. Um, yeah, watch are, The Raid. They are both perfect himbos of films. Mm. Um, they, they are not trying to be more than they are. Mm. Um, but at what they are, they are just perfect that's not often we say that yeah and okay maybe nothing's perfect but they're damn close pretty good <laughs> pretty good and um, sorry for this uh you know slightly lighter episode fireside chat yeah um i mean we, well, i'm not apologizing no it was lovely and cozy it was great we didn't yeah. you know, we, we'll do a few of we've enjoyed your company listener yeah we'll intersperse the show with a few more of these because uh we want to yeah because we like hanging out and chatting about stuff. Yeah. Um, so next week is going to be... Oh, Whatever what? we decide. <laughs> next episode, uh, we're going to be back on our back on our super nerdy bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, our properly researched bullshit. Um, so we'll let you know what is coming up at the beginning of that next episode. Yes. The suspense is killing you. Not because we don't know. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Until then... Bye.
<laughs> on the subject of Suella Braverman, let's talk about a fascist cop. 